How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio once again for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, coming to y'all on Tuesday, June 25th, 2019. And I'm here to talk about the NBA draft. Obviously, though, last night was the NBA Awards, which is an absolute disaster, if you ask me. I thought we were better off when we see the MVPs like Durant, like we see uh, Derrick Rose, like we've seen LeBron. When we see these guys in the second round of the playoffs, Hoist that MVP trophy. You watch the home crowd go absolutely wild. I mean, I think there's nothing better than that. You watch those home crowds after those games. It is electric in there. That's the kind of playoff environment you want. I mean, you give the most improved player award out, rookie of the year award out. You give them all of those players in the playoffs. If those guys, if those teams don't make the playoffs and have those guys, you have the press conference for them and everything. I think that is the best way to do it. I was not a fan of the way they did it. I mean, there's nothing better than watching those guys hoist those awards with the hometown fans. I feel like it's the ultimate way to celebrate rather than the way they did things last night. I mean, I watch, I would say, at least one NBA game a night or I'm at least, you know, I'm, I'm keeping up with what's going on in NBA action every single night. I, I'm watching some of it. No, I mean, no matter what, I'm going to watch some of it every night. And I did not even turn this award show off. On, I mean, it's already next season, guys. What are we thinking about? All we're talking about is where's KD going? Where's Kyrie going? Where's Kawhi going? You know, nobody's talking about the NBA awards. Shoot, I didn't even know they were on last night until yesterday. I mean, until Sunday night. So, I mean, the NBA awards, I think the NBA needs to get rid of it, do it earlier, although there's not really a good time to do it earlier. I think the best way to do it is the way they were doing it. If they want to have like a little banquet and whatnot, I think that would be kind of fun to do something like that. But the NBA awards, I mean, just not really. It'd be fun if they did, like, kind of like, so I do my, for the podcast, me and Brett will be recording this week, our NBA awards. I think it'd be fun if they did something like that, you know, like a little award banquet thing. It, it works differently in the NFL. I think they're trying to be too much and copycat the NFL. Just not really a fan of the NBA awards, but that's enough of that, guys. Let's get down to the draft here. Let's talk about everything. So, obviously, the first thing we're going to talk about here. Me being a Hawks fan, I want to talk about my Hawks, the draft night we had. We worked a couple trades. We got Bruno Fernando in the second round, who's a great defensive center, by the way. He's going to be young, though. He's going to have to play behind, but he's ultimately going to be our defensive center that we're going to have on this roster. You know, I'm a big believer in the NBA, the way it's played now, that you need smaller guys. I mean, you look at the Cavs, man. They had uh, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson that year. They won the, won the finals. I mean, those guys weren't necessarily huge pieces of winning those games. They were trying to combat with the Hamptons Five and those small death lineups that the Warriors and teams are thrown at them. I mean, Toronto kind of did the same thing. They did use big somewhat, but I mean, you don't really need dominant big men like that. You just need a group of big men and bigs that can play different ways and be, and you know, you're not paying large salaries basically is the point I'm trying to get to. And that's what Bruno Fernando will be for us. So I thought that was a great pickup later, but big time trade. I remember all day long, man, I've been saying it for weeks now that the Pelicans need to trade us that number four pick that they acquired. And that's exactly what happened. The Hawks gave up the eight, the 17 and the 35th. So we basically gave up Nikki Alexander Walker and we gave up uh, Jackson Hayes. And first off, I thought it was a great trade for the Pelicans. It's a team that's a couple years out from winning. So what, what did they do? They go out, they acquire young talent, they acquire young guys. They like, these are two guys they liked. I mean, I saw them even say that they even wanted, would have taken Hayes at four. So they got their guy, and they got him later, and they got something back for him. So that is an absolute win there for the Pelicans. They're going to pair him now with Zion. I thought the Pelicans really built a good young core through this draft and did exactly what they needed. I mean, David Griffin's just winning, man, right now. I mean, they also dumped Solomon Hill's contract on the Hawks. Now, the Hawks' highest-paid players are. We traded Bazemore yesterday for Evan Turner. I mean, that's basically just a kind of even swap of salaries, give somebody who can do something productive – 
over on over to the Blazers and then keep what that we kind of got going on with the Hawks. I mean, Evan Turner might try to play a little backup point guard. Don't think you'll see the court too much, but the Hawks are paying all their money pretty much to Alan Crabb, um, Solomon Hill, Miles Plumley, and now Evan Turner. So it's kind of funny. The four most meaningless players on our roster make the most money. But it is what it is. The Hawks will make a splash in free agency next season. This year, they're just trying to develop the young guys and build chemistry, which I think is really smart, actually. But the Hawks still got Cam Reddish at 10, who we probably would have drafted at 8. So I thought the Hawks did a great job here with this draft. Number 4, we get DeAndre Hunter. We get two athletic wings. Hunter can also play the 4. We saw him have his best game of his entire college career on the biggest stage in the college basketball national championship. This man went off at the big shot, dropped 27 points, ended up winning the game for Virginia and helping his team get a national championship. That's what you won. DeAndre Hunter has that championship pedigree. Great defensive player, can play both ways. I think he could really be the next Kawhi Leonard-type player. Cam Reddish obviously needs some work, but, I mean, Lloyd Pierce and the Hawks, great player development team. We're going to develop these guys so well. I mean, the future is so bright in Atlanta, guys. I'm so happy that we acquired these guys. I'm loving our nucleus that we have for next season. Thought the trade was great between both teams, and that was a great way to start off draft night. I love seeing that trade hat go down. The next team I'm going to talk about, I mean, I'll go ahead and say this real quick. I thought the great Grizzlies had a great draft night. I mean, John Morant, Brandon Clark, um, can't remember who what their other pick it was, but I mean, Brandon Clark and John Morant, that, those are two very good young players. I mean, if you look at this Grizzlies roster right now, it's looking pretty rough. To pair those guys with Jaron Jackson Jr., this team is only going to keep getting better and better and better. Memphis. And did a great job to start building right there. Number three, the Knicks took R.J. Barrett. And look, I thought Barrett and Reddish took a lot of blame. I thought Zion. I mean, Zion's not perfect, guys. We act like Zion's the most perfect basketball player ever. I'm not saying Zion's bad by any means. I'm just saying that we want to point out the flaws in Reddish and Barrett's game. And we want to look the other way in Zion's game. We want to act like that there is no flaws for Zion. Quite frankly, there are. And we need to point them out in all these guys. Reddish and Barrett are two damn good prospects. And these guys will both play well. I mean, it's harder than you guys think it is. These other top college prospects... I mean, they're not playing with any other one, two, or three really overall recruits together. All three of these guys are were playing together at Duke last year. There's only one ball to go around. It's so hard and it's so easy to point fingers because we all have such high expectations for Duke. These guys are going to be great pros. Just need to sit back and watch. The Knicks got a great guy right there with, with R.J. Barrett, and I think he'll do a great job in New York. But where the draft really got screwed up, and this is all, team is also my biggest loser, is the Suns at number six. So, I mean, the Suns might have known that they weren't going to get Darius Garland because they need a point guard, but still, they could have got Kobe White. Thought the Cavs getting Garland there is smart because realistically, even know that they ha- already have Colin Sexton, you got to take the best player on the board. And the way that Garland plays, if he ends up being like the Damian Lillards and the guys that he's being compared to, then, I mean, this guy's going to wreak havoc on the league, and he's going to have a great career moving forward. So I thought it was a really good pickup by the Cavaliers to take Garland there, but I mean, it screwed the Timberwolves. So the Timberwolves ended up trading Dario Saric and the number 11 pick to the Suns to move up to the sixth spot where they wanted to take Garland, but instead they get stuck taking Culliver, and quite frankly, I think they're pissed. I mean, the the Timberwolves needed a point guard. I mean, they've been saying it for months now that they want to get a point guard. They have to do something, and the fact that now they didn't even get their point guard and they got Culver, they just have another wing to pair with all the ones they already have. Now they have Okogie, they have uh, Wiggins, and they have have Culver. So, I mean, who knows, guys? Wiggins could be on the move. I mean, they need something to keep Cat because Cat's kind of getting to that point now where he's going to maybe demand his way out of there. So, I don't. I really don't know. I mean, that, that this Timberwolves got screwed crap play, but from the Sun side of things, Cameron Johnson, you could have gotten it twenty or even farther back, and they traded for Ty Jerome farther back. Ty Jerome will not be a starting point guard 
in this in this league, I mean, Cameron Johnson, I like him as a shooter and all that, but I like him in the tw- in the 20s. I don't like him at number 11. Thought there was much better players you could have got on there. I actually think the number 11, 12, and 13, and 14, I think those are the worst four picks in the entire first round right there. Sorry, right there. I had a little hiccup burp, but, you know, I'm just... It all imploded on the Suns, man. I thought that T.J. Warren trade, I mean, T.J. Warren's a damn good scorer. You trade him in the 32nd pick for cash, makes no sense. I would say it makes sense if you're freeing up cap space to go out and sign a max offer, but you can't sign anybody with a max. I thought they might be trying to open up space because, I mean, we know D'Angelo Russell and Devin Booker, boys, we've seen them wear those jerseys together and hang out and whatnot together on that boat, but... I mean, you can, you don't even have enough money to go out and get them. You ate the Aaron Baines salary. You take on Dario Saric. I mean, I don't understand what you're doing at all, Phoenix. James Jones, I no idea what you're doing, man. I mean, no idea what's going on here. The Suns will always be the Suns for a reason. That's exactly what happened. I thought they should have taken Kobe White there at 7. Shoot, I even thought the Timberwolves should have taken Kobe White there at 7. The Bulls now, they finally have their starting point guard in Kobe White to pair along with Levine and uh, Otto Porter Jr. They also have Wendell Carter and Laurie Marketing. I kind of like that Bulls team. See, I think that's the younger core team that needs a little bit more time to develop and can be a little bit better down the road. They might be in the lottery one more year. I think that's the young core team right there. I think the Hawks are that team that was in the lottery that will be ready to win next year. And the Wizards getting Hachimura at nine, I mean, they didn't even bring him in for an interview. And Like I said earlier, people might say that they got the worst guy from Gonzaga here. I actually like Hachimura more because he's only been playing basketball since he's 15. So, I mean, that upside is crazy right there, guys. But there's just some confusing picks here, and, the, and that's why the Wizards will always be the Wizards once again. I'll just say that same line again. But looking down here, I mean, from 12, 13, 14, look, I can understand a little bit more here why these teams are like I personally hate these picks but I mean in these spots this is more so like the hit or miss kind of spots like you'll find like the Devin Bookers and guys like that in this area but then you'll also just find the you know like the Justice Winslows and cats like that who are just kind of average whatever kind of NBA players and PJ Washington I mean he's a 6'8 power forward it's he can't really shoot the three ball he doesn't really have those guard skills like that and I mean unless you really are like an Aaron Gordon or like John Collins or somebody like that who can play inside out like that and can kind of stretch the floor be that stretch floor I don't really think there's a spot for an undersized forward like that so I think this is a horrible pick and an absolute waste of a pick by the Hornets Tyler Harrow at 13 for the Heat I mean could have gotten him way farther down the board I don't think he's worth a 13th pick I mean this is kind of a just a three-point shooter not a huge fan of that pick either, Minnesota. I mean, Miami. And, I mean, Miami's roster, quite frankly, does not look very good. They'll be in the lottery for years to come, I think, after taking that one. Not a fan of it at all. I would have rather had R- Romeo Langford if I was either of these two teams. But the Celtics took him. Look, I'm not a fan of that pick either. I actually think the Celtics were a big-time loser, too. I like the Carson Edwards pick. Undersized guard. Reminds me of a scary Terry Isaiah Thomas guy. Can score off the bench in a Brad Stevens offense. Can thrive in that. I think that was a great pick. But... Grant Williams and R- Romeo Langford. I'm not a fan of either of these picks. Grant Williams is six six power forward. That's even worse. So there's no there's no place period in the NBA for a six six power forward. I don't think either of these picks will pan out. I thought they were horrible draft picks by the Celtics. I mean, there is some upside on Langford if they can tap that potential. That's a great pick by the Celtics, but I don't think they're going to end up going to be able to tap that. Was not a fan of those. I was surprised to see Bull Bull and Nasir Little fall down the board. That's kind of one of those. And honestly, even Keldon Johnson. Those are those guys you're kind of like, all right, what do you know that we don't know? 
Honestly, with Johnson, I think that Johnson's more so just the player we thought he'd be. I think he's a 3-and-D guy, probably a below-average three-point shooter, but a decent defensive player. But Nasir Little, I had very high like expectations for him going into the season. After watching him play out the season and where he went in the draft board, I think he's more so on the bus side. I mean, he did win the Jordan Brand and McDonald's All-American Game MVPs, but hasn't really panned out for him so far in the league. I was really surprised to see Bull Bull fall down the board, but... I mean, if the Nuggets, if he if he pans out, Denver's going to have him and Michael Porter Jr. If they can get those guys to pan out to plug in with this team, that would be the best team in the league by far. I mean, watch out for Denver, guys. They're going to be scary next season. But overall, out of the teams that were in the lottery and the teams that were not in the lottery that I think will be there next year, I think Orlando will be in the lottery next year. I also think Detroit will be back in the lottery next year, even though they had a good bit of draft picks, made some trades and whatnot, like the Milwaukee one for Snell. It's kind of like they're just Milwaukee's dumping ground. They dumped off to them. Um, they dumped off to them. Uh, why can't they? Thon Maker and now, and now uh, Tony Snell. So feels like Milwaukee just, just says, hey, take these players, give you a first-round pick. I mean, they got Kevin Porter Jr. out of the first pick, or out of their, that first-round pick. Not a terrible pickup, but... Just was not really a plan of a fan, ugh, a fan of how everything went down there. I think those two teams will drop out of the uh, playoff race next year in the East. And I look for guys like the Hawks and shoot, I don't even know what other team in the East, but there will be a team in the East that can step up and maybe jump in that playoff spot. I definitely think the Hawks will next season. I mean, things look very good for us to find our way in there. You know, it was the it was the Hornets, the Heat, and the Pistons competing for that eight seed. I mean. Probably see the Hawks, Hornets, Heat, and Pistons kind of competing for those seven, eight spots. I mean, the Magic won't be far behind, but it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to keep Vucevic around, as I have heard him link to the Celtics a lot lately. But overall, guys, I love draft night. I love watching these young guys go where that they all go and whatnot. And it's fun to watch how the league pans out. I'm ready to watch the summer league, see how everything plays out there. Summer league to me is just something fun to watch in the summer. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to revolve my day around watching a damn summer league game, but. It is definitely fun to watch, fun to see where everything goes. A couple second-round picks I liked was Kyle Guy to the Knicks. I think he can be a decent uh, producer for this team in the um, next season. I mean, uh, obviously, I think this pick is going to the Kings. So, I mean, he'd be a great shooter for the Kings to bring off the bench. But I think Kyle Guy will be a great fit wherever he goes. You all have heard that many times. It's number 54, the 76ers taking Marielle Shayok from Iowa State. I mean, I could see him really making the team. He's a great scorer. Also, same thing with Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann's kind of that crafty defender. They picked both my Florida State boys with Kevin Gelly and Mann. But overall, that's really about all I got for the NBA draft. My biggest losers, once again, was the Timberwolves, was the Suns. And I'm going to go with the Celtics, honestly. The Celtics had all these draft picks, and I felt like they just kind of really wasted them. They are my biggest losers of the draft. My biggest winners, I would say, were the Pelicans, Grizzlies, and Hawks. I mean, y'all might say I'm a little biased there picking the Hawks, but I thought the Hawks were a big-time win. I also honestly think the Bulls are big winners, too. It's the fact that Kobe White fell to them, but it's the way I look at everything from the NBA draft. I mean, I think that these teams in the lottery, I think the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the Hawks, and the Bulls probably picked up the most meaningful guys to their season wins and loss totals next year. Um, the Suns, man, I really have no idea what y'all are doing, but that's about all I got for y'all today. Today's just a quick little podcast. Once again, my NBA awards will be coming later on this week. They're pretty funny. I'm going to have some great ones. I'm going to sit down in the dungeon and cook up something good for you guys. They're always funny. I mean, me and Brett might be laughing the whole entire time that we're to do that podcast, but I'm excited to do it. I appreciate everyone tuning in once again, and I will talk to y'all later on this week.